Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor it is just that simple. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. My friend Joe Livesey here. Come on up here, sweetheart. Oh, wait. That didn't go right. That didn't sound right, did it? Joe Livesey, my good friend, is here from Indianapolis. My wife, my sweetheart, is coming up here. Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe said before the, the service, he said, uh, you got a good joke? That's why I drove all the way up from Indianapolis, and then I'm leaving right after the joke. So, <laughs> Oh, glory to God. How are you, sweetheart? I am good. Are I am blessed. Are you ready? Are you on? Yes, I'm are on. Are you on? Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing? We're I think so. We're all ready so. to do this. Yes. 34 years ago yesterday, uh-huh. had our first date. Yes. And uh, took took my beautiful wife. Gave gave me. We we won't go into detail, but gave the Lord gave me your name in the middle of the night, about mm-hmm. three o'clock in the morning. And I cried myself to sleep. I said, God, if you have someone for me, I'd like to be married again. But if you don't, I'd just as soon be alone with you the rest of my life. And obviously, He had somebody for me because yes. He gave me your name he about three me. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and uh, and then God gave me or gave you my name. Mm-hmm. Well, he just told me uh, when you called me that time, nobody had ever called me or talked to me in about three years because I told the Lord, I don't want anybody talking to me. I don't want to get myself in another mess. And God was faithful. We sang that song. Faithful. Very faithful. No man ever even said hello to me. And if anyone did, they got diverted and got married quickly. That actually happened. And so uh, when, when the Lord, when Bill called me that day, uh, the Lord said, this is him. It's okay. And uh, I knew right then. And so we were married three months after we started. Three months. We got married in a fever. (laughs) (laughs) He's a man. He likes to, you know. But it was, it really, when you know that you know, everybody say, when you know that you know. There there wasn't like, is this going to be the person or dating? It was just finding out. Now, I did know who Bill was. Bill knew who I was from a set of circumstances that we've never really shared and probably won't but it, because of the situation. But it, I did know who he was, and he did know who, he, who I was, so when he heard my name, he knew. <laughs> but we had no uh, fellowship. We never talked. We were never really around each other. So uh, God knows who everybody needs. If you're married today, don't start asking him now. <laughs> You've already got the person. But if you're not, you need to be asking the Lord to direct your steps so you do not end up with uh, a situation where it's not what God intended for you. To you have. don't want to marry the wrong one because it's hard enough with the right one. Okay, let's proceed. <laughs> What's your joke? <laughs> that wasn't his joke. You know, you know, I really have to share this because I repented before God, but, but uh, I, I wanted to take her someplace special because I knew it was, I just felt like this was God. So I called the Hyatt Eagle's Nest, which back then was the highest building in Indianapolis, I believe, with that revolving restaurant. And I called to make reservations a week before Valentine's Day, and they said, I'm sorry, we're booked up. So I hung up the phone. I thought, well, that makes sense. I thought, oh, no, I just can't accept that. So I called back. <laughs> And I got my different voice on. Now, I had just gotten saved, so so cut me a little slack. 
I called back and said, this is Mr. Micklin. I need to change my reservation. She said, yes, sir. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you need to do? And I said, well, I had reservations for 7 o'clock. I need to make them for 6 o'clock. She said, oh, I'm so glad you called. They didn't put your name down. I said, well, that's all right. Just make sure you get it done. She said, <laughs> she said it, it is accomplished. It is done. We yeah. have your reservation. So I, I hung up the phone. <laughs> so I hung up the phone. And so fast forward 34 years. <laughs> Last week, I thought, you Tried know, it'd it be again. nice to take her back there. And uh, I thought, now, God, please forgive me, but I know they're probably booked up. So I called. And uh, I, thought, I thought, I'll try the same thing and see if I could get in. And, and now everything is automated. You can't talk to a real person. You can only talk to it. And she said, I'm sorry, but we are book solid and we are taking no messages. So God did not allow me <laughs> to do the same thing again 34 years later. But this one I would have been held accountable yes, for. I, I think he cut me some slack last time. But anyway, it's been amazing. If you want to get married, pray about it. But uh, then God will give you somebody. You think? Uh, you believe that? I, I believe there's only one reason you should get married. Oh, yes. What is that? Because God said. God said. You know, everybody fails our test when yes, we do premarital counseling. Yeah. Why are you going to marry this person? Oh, the most beautiful person in the world. He treats me nice. All this. You failed our test. <laughs> only if God said. Okay, Joe, are you ready? It's not very exciting. <laughs> For anybody I call, for anybody I call sweetheart, that's not very exciting. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, uh, this is about the children of Israel. The boy listened closely as the rabbi read the Bible. May I ask a question? The little guy asked. Well, sure. Go ahead. Ask your question, replied the rabbi. Well, the Bible says that the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Uh, the children of Israel built the temple. The children of Israel did this, and the children of Israel did that. Didn't the grown-ups do anything? <laughs> I like that. He works at this. This is like 11 o'clock last night. I'm having to I wasn't. To I wasn't watching. I didn't know if Joe really... Uh... Now, you've got to think about this one, okay? Finding one of her students making faces at others on the playground, elementary school, third grade, Miss Smith stopped to gently reprove the child. Smiling sweetly, the Sunday school teacher said, Bobby, when I was a child, I was told that if you make ugly faces, it would freeze and it would stay like that. Bobby looked up and replied, Well, Miss Smith, you can't say you weren't warned. <laughs> If you have your Bibles, to the book of Galatians chapter 5, and I want to I wanna start out this morning by asking you this, this question, and, uh, and uh, I think it's an important question that we all need to answer correctly. How many of you believe that you need more self-control than you currently have? May I see your hands? Okay. Now, put them all down. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're not going to get it. Now, some of you are, are, can't even get those words out. I understand. You can't, you can't even get those words out. But you have all of the self-control that you're ever going to receive from the Lord and that you ever need. 
We're going to talk about that today. We shared a little bit of it last night, but without understanding what we have already been given, it doesn't work. I think it was Peter the Great that I saw that quote the other night. I was uh, uh, reading some things and, and said, I've conquered the world, but I cannot conquer myself. And I believe that every single one of us have areas in our lives where we think we need more self-control to overcome that situation. But in essence, we have all that we'll ever get. And we're going to read here in Galatians chapter 5. And honey, if you, if you want to start out, but let me, I'm going to paraphrase everything and then Pam can read this. But, but when the Holy Spirit came in to your heart and reborn your spirit man, you received everything that God wanted you to have. Now, there is a progressive knowledge and revelation of what you already have, but you have already been given everything that you have need of through the Holy Spirit. God didn't leave you short. And sometimes we will think that I need more of something, but what we really need to do is have revelation of what we already have. Does that make sense? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting it so far. And you and I, and it's been a progressive walk with me, but I have everything God wanted me to have when I got the power of the Holy Spirit. You did also, and how we exercise it and how we determine that we use it and yield to it is another thing. And the message today is the power of the self-control that God has given you, the fruit of self-control. Let's all say, I've got the power. I've got the power. And I'll talk about my little meltdown the other night, but you can go ahead. <laughs> it wasn't a little meltdown, but you can go ahead. And if you want to sh start out in Galatians chapter 5 and read as long as you're anointed. Okay. <laughs> and you'll tell me when I'm not, right? Uh, no. Yeah. I'll let <laughs> um, when you think about self-control, I think sometimes we, we think about self. And it does involve us to the point that we have to make a choice. So we are involved, but it isn't talking about your ability or my ability to control our actions uh, in, in everyday life without the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah. <clears throat> because none of us are a match for the enemy. None of us in our own strength are a match for what the enemy will entice people to do. And if you see the newspapers and you listen to television reports, you see how much more prevalent today where people just go in a place and they begin to shoot people or they they do things it looks like it's spontaneous but it is it isn't spontaneous they've been meditating and thinking but now what they have lost control of in their ability is to stop themselves from doing something that is going to be horrible and and they're going to end up either dead or in prison, and many other people are going to be affected. But they've, they've never learned to let the Spirit of God control them rather than themselves. And when we live in a world where the enemy is still going about seeking whom he may devour, and he continues to do that, and he prays on our weaknesses, not our strengths. And so if there's areas in our life that are not fortified in that area of self-control, meaning that we ourselves allow the Holy Spirit to take control of our emotions, of our mind, and therefore we're not in a position where we have to be stopped at a point where we've totally let the enemy 
take over in any area of our life. And I don't know about you, but it can happen quickly. How many of you know it can escalate very quickly? Just a little, you know, let a little bit of it out. And, uh, you know, in the years past when Bill and I were first married, my husband is very passionate and he can fire. Now, I know you would never think that. He fires, he can fire, really fire. And I remember Lori, when she was young, she'd say, please, please, tell him, don't, don't tell him, because if you tell him, I don't want to see his teeth. Because when Pastor Bill really lose, starts losing control, he starts talking like this, and he talk, you, his teeth hold still. His, everything holds still except his voice. It's like he's a ventriloquist or something. And, uh, you know, but on the inside, he is passionate about the things of God. So when he got saved, that same passion came with him. But there's a, there's a real close, fine line between passion and anger and all those things, rage and things that get fired up on the inside. You know, we have righteous indignation, but God's the one who has to draw the line there. So we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. So in Galatians, the book of Galatians is Paul saying to these people, you are drifting from the truth. You have, you're drifting from the truth and you're getting out of control. You're starting to go back to what was before. And that's in the church today. We see that so often, not just this church, but our friends, lots of people drifting, like the Bible said, the great falling away. People are drifting. They're, they're, they're just drifting away from truth. And so in Galatians, this is what we need to be doing if we don't want that to happen. Paul says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust against the spirit, and that means fights, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Oftentimes after something has happened, you know, the, the American, is it American Sniper? And, and if you hear the, the, the people now saying the man was insane when he did that. Well, now who's going to figure out if he was insane or he just lost self-control? There is a difference. And so in the, in the world we live in, it says if you walk in the spirit, you will not do those things. And then it goes on. Uh, I think you had verse 22 and 23. But the fruit, everybody say the fruit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the last one, self-control. Everybody say that's a fruit. That, now, that's not your fruit. That's the Holy Spirit's fruit. But we have to grow that fruit, just like we grow in our walk of love, we grow in our walk of joy. And if we don't do that, then here we come again. It says, against such, these fruit, there is no law. There is no law. In other words, there's nothing that that can stand against those fruit if we choose to operate in them. Now, when the Holy Spirit came in, you, you have every single thing that you have need of, of the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all of those things. But I believe that the first one, love, of course, is the greatest gift. We know that. But also, the self-control holds it all together. When you yield to a spirit of self-control, you will always have self-control control. And that every single one of us know that there are times when we've lost it. Can I see of the hands of the people that, that from time to time you've lost it? Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the situation or circumstance that caused you to lose it. What happened was you disassociated from the leading of the Holy Spirit and yielding to the Holy Spirit in that area of your life. And instead of focusing on what you already have in your spirit, you focused on the situation or the circumstance. And I was working on this message uh, 
for about a week. And uh, the other night I was watching Fox News, and uh, I was watching the uh, <clears throat> the breaking story of our embassy in Yemen. And and the the more I watched, the more infuriated I became. And and I was. I was infuriated. I was infuriated by what the State Department did. I was infuriated by how they treated the Marines. I was infuriated that they wouldn't go in and rescue them. They made them surrender their weapons, took them out on commercial aircraft. And the longer I watched it, the more infuriated I became. And uh, if the Secret Service had tapped my, my house with any kind of recording device, they would have been there very shortly because uh, I had told myself and Pam and anybody that would dare to listen what I thought about the Commander-in-Chief and the President of the United States. They can blame the State Department all they want, but the President of the United States needs to go in the archives, pull out the little plaque that used to sit on Harry Truman's desk, and it says the buck stops here. You can't pass the buck, the buck stops with the President of the United States. Enough said about that, but I Or we totally might have a demonstration or a manifestation. <laughs> I totally went <laughs> ballistic, and I did not realize it, but I was just, just unbelievably enraged. And what brought me back to my senses is I heard my wife scream at me, you are out of self-control. And, and all of a sudden it's like, yes, yes. I think if I had the power to do da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, it would have been done. Uh, and, and I realized, oh, God, forgive me. I am totally enraged. And when I repented and yielded to the spirit of self-control, I realized how easy it was to do, to focus on a situation or circumstance that was not right, but to focus on that and allow that to control my emotions. Your emotions are to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, and that if you are yielding to a spirit of self-control, we will always have self-control operating in our life. And in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20, most of you know that scripture, but it says that, that we are not our own. We have been bought and paid for with a price. You are owned, and you are the property of Almighty God. And he inserted his spirit in you to be used by him to affect this world, and he gave you all of the gifts of the spirit to be used as he will but he gave you the fruit of the Spirit to be yours 24-7. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit is ours all day long. Now, let's all make this confession. I have have self-control. I have all the self-control I will ever need. Tell your neighbor, you, you got it all. You have it all. And no matter what happens... They try to label us with the different types of personalities and all this kind of stuff, and it's okay, but that's not an excuse for bad behavior. We have everything that we have need of to walk in self-control in every situation. And if we don't understand this, then we will think that because the world is changing, we change with it because of the way we respond to it. That's not true. And it, and it says in, in uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3.3, 3, honey, that, that in the end times, we, we know perilous times and working on a message in that area, but it says that, that the people will be without self-control. I believe, how many of you believe we are in the end times? 
I, I believe with all my heart we are in the end times, and I'm working on that series. But, but what happens is when you lose self-control, then there, there is no control. And I know it sounds like a real simple dub, but, but it, there's no control. Anything goes. And that's what happened in the old covenant with the children of Israel. They lost self-control. They lost the law. Uh, right now in the world today, with the exception of perhaps Lafayette, Indiana, the world is totally out of control. Yeah, you know, you. Uh, we, and I'm not sure about all of Lafayette, Indiana. <laughs> well, you know, we, we see sometimes if you're watching sporting events and something happens and uh, one player shoves another player, and then now two players are shoving two more players, and then pretty soon it, sometimes it erupts to all the players and the referees are running around trying to go. How many of you know once it erupts? And, and then pretty soon they're coming out of the stands and they're on the, they're on the ground. And, and they're all fighting. You know, um, it, in, the, in the warfare that we're in, we have to stay in the spirit. Because you will not hear God once you enter over in that playing field. You know, if you're watching it uh, like we do, uh, there's something to do. Like my husband, sometimes he'll be just saying, I bind those words in the name of Jesus. He says it just as emphatically. But when he gets up and starts running around the room and, you know, uh, hollering and screaming and, uh, and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, he's, this is a little much. And then I holler, you're out of control. He goes, I'm not out of control. I go, you are out of control. Oh, no, no. I tell you when I went ballistic, I know what happened. <laughs> I just remembered. I was really, truly out of control. I really was. And my wife said, and my wife said, you are out of control. And I said, I don't care. We are called to defend the Constitution yeah. of the United mm-hmm. States against every clear and present danger, yeah. both foreign and domestic. And every officer in the Marine Corps, every member of the Marine Corps and the armed forces are called to do that, to defend our Constitution against foreign and domestic. She said, well, you were a former Marine. Then I went Then totally he really went Then I went, wrong <laughs> word. <laughs> Always a marine. <laughs> well, thank God you don't have a gun because I don't know I might not be here. I mean, that's how fast it happened. Amen. It was like fuel. Now went these on the are your fire. pastors. <laughs> we don't fight over the stupid stuff anymore. We go for the real thing. You know, the government. We're going to go fix it today, tonight. <laughs> well, once you get there, nobody knows what to do. Amen. And somebody has to stay in the spirit because the power is in prayer the power is in binding and loose we've been told what we're to do because our fight is not with flesh and blood as bad as a job as washington seems to be doing it is not they are not in control and when we get like they are we all have lost control and so we have to stay in that position now the way the way that we see that that's huge but what about you know, when things happen right in our own house, you know, uh, do you see how much more shaking baby syndrome and things that are happening in homes with little children? Uh, I've been in stores where I see them just jerk them up by their arm. I wonder if they're even going to have an arm when it's over with. And uh, it's because people are moving more and more into that place of no self-control. And you see it when they get in a place where they shouldn't, you know, be responding like that, but they're under pressure. They're threatened, whatever the reason, fear or anger or whatever causes it, you see what's really operating 
under there all the time. It didn't just happen that one time. It's seething in there. So uh, I believe this is critical for where we are. People have a right to be very, very upset about what's happening in our nation and what's happening around the world. But as Christians, people filled with the Holy Spirit, we've got to know what God wants us to do about it. And if we get in there wrangling, we will not hear. I mean, I just know that from my own life. And and I praise God for my wife who really brought me back to reality that I needed to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit because the, the, the power comes through the fruit of the Spirit. Now, <clears throat> let me share this with you. The gifts of the Spirit are activated based on the will of God and the situation and circumstance. No one takes the gifts of the Spirit and uses them for themselves. That comes as God activates them. But the fruit of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, we have it all of the time. And I believe one of the biggest ploys that the devil is using in the world today and in the body of Christ is for people to think they don't have self-control. They think they, they have some kind of a demonic stronghold. Well, you may have a stronghold, but but you have self-control. Everybody say, I have self-control. I have self-control. And we have a situation that I may or may not have shared this before. It went back a few years ago, but out in, I think it was Denver, Colorado, a pastor out there who had a church of, I think he had about six, seven, eight thousand people. We had some people on staff at his church, and uh, and and he got into an affair with a homosexual, and uh, and and lost his church. He's totally out of the ministry right now. He had a friend in Oklahoma City, had a church of about five thousand people, uh, had an affair with somebody long distance in California, and lost his church and almost lost his marriage. They're in rehab right now. I'll tell you why both of those happened, because he they did not have self control. It's one thing to have a thought. It's another thing to activate self-control. Anybody, uh, let me just take a little survey here. How many of you have had some thoughts you're glad that nobody in this room has any concept of the thought that you had? Can I, can I see your hands? And, and you can take them down real quickly so that your maid doesn't say, well, what was that, honey? You are sworn to secrecy. Nobody can be told what that thought was. We've all, we know that. Let's all say, been there, done that been there, done that. But the self-control eliminates the thought quickly, and you move on with what God is showing you. Otherwise, you will start to stray out of the Spirit. And I believe that's why when we read about the perilous times in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that are already in the world, I believe the number one thing that is happening, even Jesus said the very elect can be deceived, the number one thing that's happening is the spirit of self-control is not being yielded to. I, I did not yield to that spirit of self-control that night. I love my, allowed myself to get carried away. If I'd stayed in my right mind, I would have said, you know, I bind that in the name of Jesus. Yeah, like that's, that do. is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pray that every single truth is revealed. I pray the deception I feel coming from your lips on that TV set from that person being quoted is activated and just made known to everybody. And, and we have that power to bind and to lose. But when we lose it and we enter in what you just said to the fray with the other people, then we're not, we're not, we're, we don't have the power of self-control activated in our lives. Well, you know, we serve a mighty warrior, a commander-in-chief. We do have a commander-in-chief, and it is not President Obama. He is our worldly authority as far as over our nation, but the government is on the shoulders of the Prince of Peace and a Prince of Peace. And so when God speaks, he brings resolution to situations. We may not see it at the time, and and you wonder why you read, even in ministry where people get involved in things, it's because every one of us 
under the anointing. Everybody say under the anointing. The power of God is flowing and things don't happen. And, and the gifts of the spirit can operate fully. That's right. Because it's not the person controlling it. It's God. And so, you know, you wonder why you see these great men or women who have, you know, preached and taught others and then suddenly they're falling into things or being trapped in things. And you wonder, how did that happen? I saw them. They were, they were praying for the sick. They were casting out devils. It was real. But there is in every person's life that place where we have to make a choice to walk in self-control. And if we don't and let our guard down, all those gifts of the Spirit are not going to help you. Can I just say that again? I mean, God is always there to help us. But if you let down that wall, the devil is coming in. And you can say you're a Christian. You can say that you know all the word of, the, of God. You read the Bible every day. But that's why it says that, you know, when we see someone in a situation, we need to remember that except for the grace of God, there go I. Because if we're not holding that barrier against the enemy, he will come in. And he comes in for the things that we have control over. He doesn't have any control over the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because once they start flowing, they are the Holy Spirit moving. And, and I've experienced it enough that I can tell you that's the truth. But when it's over, everybody say when it's over. When that anointing lifts, you are back to being in charge of what you do and what you decide to do. Now, you can refuse to operate with the gifts of the Spirit, but there's a very knowing on the inside of you that it's the Holy Spirit. I believe God wants us to live that way every day in our everyday life, sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying, because we have no defense against the enemy except by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. We do not. And that self-control, I, I believe it's a time to let that be yielded to like never before. Uh, last Sunday, or last Wednesday night, no, last Sunday, Israel was here. And Israel is back with us from Texas, and he, shared, he had shared that he didn't mind if I shared some of this. But I, I mentioned right there during the course of the service, you know, what are you called to do? And he said, well, I'm called full-time ministry. And we have met and talked, and, and I'm going to be meeting with people that are feel called to full-time ministry. We'll announce that later. But as a result of that, Dan had him share Wednesday night at the youth, Dan and Kelly. And I think you said that there were several youth who either committed or recommitted their lives to the Lord as a result of his testimony. But see, what what Israel would tell you was that he lost his self-control for a while. And he went away that many of us have from time to time. But yet he came to his senses like that prodigal son and realized that, no, this is not the direction I want to go with my life. This is not what I'm called to do. And he's come to his spiritual senses. Uh, There's a scripture uh, you just jot this down. Second Corinthians three seventeen eighteen says that we have been given the spirit of liberty, and the, and that that spirit of liberation is in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that when that liberty comes, it sets us free from all of the junk and all of the bondage of the world. And and that word self control means to be strong in a thing, to be masterful, to exercise self restraint. The fruit of the Spirit flowing from within us as we yield to it, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to control our destiny. In other words, whatever it is that you are facing, you have that self-control from Almighty God to be led by the Spirit in that situation and in that circumstance. And if you yield to that, right now there's a book written several years ago 
I, I can't find it. I think I sent it to Stanley in the Sudan, but it's called Slouching Toward Gomorrah. And it was written by Robert Bork, who was nominated to be a Supreme Court justice by the Reagan, by President Reagan. And he wrote a book that if America did not change its way, it was heading directly to the Gomorrah type of a spirit in the country. Now, that spirit is all over the world today. Homosexuality, gay marriages, everything is okay. Do whatever you want to do. Don't criticize anybody. Don't speak things. Don't call it sin. Call it diversity. All of these things right now that the Christian community has to come together because if they aren't under self-control, they will, they will shrink back from what God wants them to do, and they will let an external force control them. Does that make sense to you? In other words, you become intimidated to open your mouth and say something because you don't have self-control operating in your life, and you're letting the world dictate to you. Now, the Word of God says, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, who crucifies your flesh? We do. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you do it. You do it. If your flesh wants to think something or do something, you crucify it because you have been given a spirit of self-control. You never have to follow after your flesh. You follow after the Holy Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, we understand that just because I feel like I want to do something, I'm not going to do it because I have self-control. That encompasses food, it encompasses sex, it encompasses your mind, it encompasses every area of your body, and it says, just because my body, we see it in the world, just because the world says this is okay, it's not okay. Can you say amen to that? Just, we, if you watch secular news, which is most of it, then you will hear people tell you this is okay. If you send your children to college, you better be careful, and you hear me say this a lot, because there are people telling them, this is okay. This is just diversity. It's okay. You can't tell anybody what is and isn't sin. That's contrary to the Word of God. And if we aren't yielded to a spirit of self-control and the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will listen to voices we shouldn't be listening to, and we'll be drawn that direction. You know, there used to be so many laws that uh, brought people into a, a realization that this is wrong. And then, you know, we had to pray for people not to feel condemnation. Now there's so many laws that say this is okay that people are beginning to justify what they do because the law says it's okay. Now they like the law. They didn't like the law when it told them not to do it and said they felt condemned. Now they like the law because the law is saying it's okay. We are in a position where the enemy has brought such confusion and such deceit that only by the Spirit of God can we know truth. And then when we know truth, we have to be self-controlled enough to live that truth, even though we are now beginning to look different than the, the world. Does that make sense? And it's even in the church because that falling away has happened. Uh, you just look at the denominational churches that have chosen to uh, be concerned, and, and the enemy's good. He lies. Uh, well, if you really cared about people, you'd let them do whatever. No, you know, the Bible says if people do whatever, that their, their soul will be in hell and not in heaven. Now, people who care are not going to say that's okay. 
just like we don't we want people to be saved we don't want people living in a situation where they're so deceived and told by government told by the church this is okay because they are being allowed to go into a position they're already in bondage their life could end up in hell if they're not rescued out of that and who's going to rescue not the world but the spirit of the living God. But we have to have self-control. Everybody say self-control. We can't go in and begin to get in their game plan. We have to stay in God's game plan. And there is a way, perfect love cast out all fear. And so when we operate in the love of God, the fruit of the spirit, especially self-control, we're able to stay in God's thinking. Everybody say, I have the mind of Christ. That is the last word of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, but you have the mind of Christ. It describes the natural man, the carnal man, but you, but you and I, we have the mind of Christ. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, uh, verses 6 and 7. It's uh, uh, Paul writing to Timothy and saying, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This, this, the, the spirit of the living God, and this is what I pray that becomes revelation. I know you all know this, but God himself through the Holy Spirit is inside you. Everybody just tap yourself right here and say, the, the Holy Spirit is within me. The Holy Spirit is within me. Now think about that just for a moment. It is actually the Holy Spirit that is in this temple. The, the earthly tent is in here to lead you, to guide you, to give you self-control in every area, to keep you from fear, to keep you from bondage, to keep you from making wrong decisions, from entertaining wrong thoughts. We all have thoughts, but there's a difference between having a thought and entertaining a thought. Say amen to that. And what it says is, in verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Now, so say, I have a sound mind. Sound mind. Anytime you think you have a troubled mind, it is because you are thinking something that you shouldn't be thinking and that you're starting to lose a grip of self-control. Now, the words, what it says in the commentary here is the word sound mind, the word denotes good judgment, disciplined thought patterns, and the ability to understand and make right decisions. It includes the quality of self-control and self-discipline. Do you have that? Yes, we have that. No trick questions, so everybody answer. Do you have that? Do you have it? You have soundness of mind? Yes. Do you have self-control? Yes. So you don't need more self-control. You need to yield to what you have, which is really what it says, honey, in Romans 8, 14, Mm -hmm. that we are to be led by the Spirit of the living God, led by the Spirit. These are the sons and daughters of God, that our entire being on this earth is to be led by the Holy Spirit. The self-control that we exercise, no matter what's going on, the world can be burning around us, and we have self-control. We know the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to go the way of the world. We're not going to engage in that kind of a fight. We are fighting a fight of faith, and that we know what we believe, and no matter what and how the world changes, it's not going to affect our ability to walk with self-control. You know, uh, the thing that happened in Ferguson... Everybody say lawlessness. lawlessness. It says lawlessness will prevail in the last days. And, and uh, what happens is, um, you know, p- 
people, more people get involved than just the police and the perpetrator. And uh, now with all the cell phones, I just saw a thing the other day where now people are running and taking pictures of things that happen with the police and people. And, um, you know, it's all about, well, are police brutalizing people or are they arresting people? How do they do this? Uh, you know for a fact that when people are threatened, they become stronger than they appear to be in the natural. They can become very strong. Sometimes it takes force to take care of those situations. But let me tell you the ultimate goal here. It's to take away all authority. Could I say that again? Take away all authority. The generations that are coming up, uh, they don't like authority. That's because they have never been under authority. Authority is to protect. And they have never recognized that that's protection. If you take away the police authority... Now, I'm not saying that there's not a policeman who loses it because I think it can happen, you know, when you're under that pressure and those things are happening. However, without that authority, think where we'd be. And so there, there's, there's a motive the enemy has. Yeah. There's a motive the enemy is working with. It's called lack of authority promotes rebellion. Everybody say rebellion. Rebellion, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It is clearly, it is a clear and present danger. I know they say that in some of these things that they talk about. But the clear and present danger is not what always we see, but the underlying motive of what we see. And I can promise you that the underlying motive is lack, the devil hates authority. And he is trying to remove authority. He's done it from the schools. He's done it in a lot of arenas. And now... In our government, if you hear they're going to veto the president and they don't even know if they can because the president's found out he has some authority. If authority gets in control that's not God's authority and you've eliminated all the other authority, then that authority begins to take control. And it's evil authority, not godly authority. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So we have a job in, in the Christian community to begin to pray that we do not respond the way the world responds, but we go after where the root of the problem is, and that is to begin to defeat the devil through prayer, through intercession, through speaking what God says, and not allow our emotions and our thinking or, uh, you know, our defense mechanism to go into, into gear before we know the whole story. Yeah. And I don't mean the whole story from the yeah. press. I mean the whole story from the Spirit of God. So that when we do speak, we are speaking something. Absolutely, God honors his word. He will perform his word. But if his people are scattered saying all kinds of things and believing all kinds of things, then there's no unity. There is no power. That's a good word, honey. Let's all stand to our feet. Okay, now I want you to think about this question before, I, before you answer it, okay, with your hand. All right. How many of you here today need more self-control. Very, very good. Tell your husband to put his hand down, Sandy. <laughs> we all have all of the self-control yes. through the power of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. It is the thing that holds all of it together and that no matter what we're confronted with, we have power in self-control. And honey, I'm going to let you pray for the people, but this is what I pray you'll grasp today. 
is that it's power. It is power under the restraint of the Holy Spirit. You may not be able to change the world, but the power of the Holy Spirit will change you, and it will keep you from the world, and it will keep the world from you, and you will be able to accomplish God's plan and God's purpose. There are a lot of people that have fallen by the wayside, and they blame it on the devil. The devil has no power in the life of a believer unless we let him have it. And if we keep our self-control intact, that power will take us from glory to glory. It will take us down the road. We may run off here and run off there, but we get right back on the road because we know where we're going. It is a powerful force. It is a force that will be reckoned with in this world, but that we will go and accomplish what God has. But we cannot let ourselves lose it for one moment. And I, and I know it's funny what I, what I did that night and what I shared that night, but truly I was out of control. I really was. And, uh, and I realized it, and thanks to you, and I realized it. But I believe that some of the things that we're going to see can be almost tempting to enter into the fray based on what people are saying. But we are led by the Holy Spirit. And that the leading of the Holy Spirit will always include the fruit of the Spirit of self-control. And it is a powerful, powerful, powerful source. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.